Hi there, I'm Stefan Eady, Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today we'll be talking about how the arts are integrated into Darlington's curriculum and what that looks like for students of all ages. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. I am excited to be joined today by Kim Tunnell, Director of Fine Arts, and Molly Jordan and Jennifer Lutweiler, who are both learning specialists in our Learning Center. Molly, recent second grade teacher, moving into the Learning Center, and Jen, who is also teaching English for us. Uh, Welcome, everybody. So we're going to talk about arts integration today. This is an interesting topic because there's lots of facets that kind of connect into how a school works. Uh, so this might be a really interesting discussion. We can talk about curriculum, we can talk about teaching strategies, um, and actually we can talk about professional development, which is where I'll go first. Kim, uh, if you will, talk a little bit about um, this professional development grant that you received. We, uh, we have a, a nice program here at Darlington uh, that is a, uh, an endowed Thatcher Faculty Development Fund uh, that provides lots of opportunities for growth uh, at the school for both teachers and the program. Um, and yours was for you and for the program uh, as you studied arts integration. So maybe start there and then, uh, and then go into uh, what this means. What's arts integration? So two years ago, we actually connected with Mount Vernon, um, the, the school in Atlanta, um, as a resource to help us understand really what arts integration was a little bit more. And through that process, I worked with Matthew Nealon and found out that there actually was an institute for arts integration. So as we went through that conversation and we were kind of looking at our curriculum as a whole um, in the arts and then also to see how it tied with other subject areas um, in here at our school, um, I found out about that and, and applied for the Thatcher grant and received it. And as a result, um, I started last year as the p- pandemic was in full, um, you know, was, was going and had an opportunity to start in July with this work. And uh, through this certification process, I learned a lot about the curriculum as a whole, um, what I already knew, of course, about our arts curriculum, but then as it's tied to the other subject areas and how it, you can be really very intentional um, about how the arts and other subject areas are integrated. So um, the interest came to me, I think, just because I want to make sure that our teachers have what they need to do what they do in the classroom with our students. And I think you know that's a passion of mine regardless and um, it is for the arts, and I love how we are able to make those connections. I am always having teachers come up to me and ask the questions, um, or actually, you know, how can I integrate arts a little bit more? And I never really felt like I had all of the answers. I wanted to know more. So I think really that's what was driving the bus for me. And um, a year later, I can honestly say, I think I know more, and I think I can provide that. And I'm looking forward to providing a professional development opportunity in um, later this month for teachers to, to learn more. Sounds great. It sounds like it provides a lot of basis for you know future work, uh, some opportunities for, for uh, classrooms to be really dynamic, um, for us to really expand what we're able to offer students. Having been the IT director for a long time, I'm still getting used to saying was the IT director, um, I, we worked with the technology integration program. So this idea about integrated curriculum has been around Darlington. Um, and so having worked through that process, it was always, 
an interesting, um, you know, conversation about, you know, what are these skills uh, that we're trying to integrate, and how do you integrate all these technology skills that kind of feel like they're on the side a little bit into a course, into like a math, history, English, whatever course that has its own set of skills. Um, and so we worked for years on that. Um, I, I imagine arts is similar. I don't know. What's your what's your perspective on you know how do you how do you integrate like back to that question like what does it mean to be integrated? Well, I think it just becomes a part of whatever you're doing. Um, and I think you know I, I think about that a lot too. And actually, that crossed my mind as I was going through this process. the The baseline of this, where I started, um, and through this instruction and so forth, really was based on baseline of skill development, period. So when we think about skills, we think about, um, we're asking kids to inquire, we're asking kids to learn, but we're, we're really looking at more detailed terms, so like cognitive demand. So when you think about um, words like um, acquire, adapt, assess, um, compare, all of those words that are a part of the skills and standards that we see in our curriculum ma mapping. So when I am looking at a, a music class and I see um, I want to compare, I want kids to compose, well, the comparison to that would, of course, be writing, um, would be, um, you know, designing. There are a lot of these words that are compatible and they go down the road at the same time. I might be doing that in music, but I also am doing that in English. I'm also doing that in math. I'm also, so the baseline of this is you're starting with that very simple term of, of making a comparison with the skill period that I want students to learn and grow and develop. So um, that's kind of what was a light bulb moment for me in realizing it wasn't about the content at all, which is what we talk about all the time is we can take any content and go dive, drive down the road and investigate that all day long. But when we take a step back and really look at the skill development, um, the skills are the same. I'm doing it in music as much as I'm doing it in math. I'm doing it in you know English and, and theater. There, there are tons of places that automatically we think of, but there are, if you dig a little deeper, there are even more enriching opportunities for students to integrate the idea and develop the skill. So, so we talked about uh, Darlington skill-based curriculum a couple of podcast episodes ago. Um, we talked to some fourth and fifth grade teachers. Um, so I'm looking maybe for some examples just for those who are listening who are still trying to conceptualize. <laughs> it seems a little kind of abstract. Maybe some specific examples. And so that's why I'll toss it to the other side of the room here. I, we do have Molly Jordan. Um, who was a second grade teacher for a, a long time <laughs> <laughs> here and other places. Um, and uh, so maybe you could give us some examples. And our second grade, again, has its own set of skills. I know reading has been a, a skill or, or breaking down reading into skills has been a big focus for us. Um, I mean, do you have some examples, like some way to kind of bring this arts idea to life a little bit? Sure. So one of the things in second grade um, that we've worked on, of course, is every year we have a class play. And so this year our class play um, was called It's a Hit with a baseball theme. Um, it was tons of fun. It was really cool. Um, but one of the ways that we partnered with um, our reading specialist 
um, and then also with our music teacher was trying to help the students um, become more fluent in their reading and so that worked that worked for both their play um, but also um, in their their reading because we wanted them to not have a choppy speech we wanted them to not be robotic in what they said and so that that idea of building that fluency um, for the children as they presented themselves in the play but also within the classroom and so we saw that um, there and then when Kim and I had talked earlier we were just talking about how it also partnered with um, we were at the same time happened to be teaching force in motion and she's like oh but that's totally plays into the whole idea of we had to teach some of these children how to play baseball so that they could just act it out and so how did that play into their performance and that type of thing sounds a little multi-sensory oh, as well it's like absolutely a, okay so there's so, so there's a teaching strategy involved here and yes. like engaging the students is, absolutely and you know we were able to do that through small group um, and just engaging them in different ways and really looking at oh this child's a great great at presenting the information but they're so fast in how they do that so how do we slow them down um, and so looking at that piece, but also looking at the multi-sensory, you know, how do we have them see it and how do we have them feel different things? How do they um, hear it? All the things that we do during like our Orton-Gillingham lessons, taking those components and putting that into how do we present this play um, and, and making it come alive for those children. Gotcha. Now, uh, Jen, you taught middle school English. Uh, you're looking into high school English next year, uh, but m primarily working in a learning center. Um, do, what are some things that you've seen out there? <laughs> well, when Kim and I spoke earlier, we were talking specifically about um, teaching strategies I use in the eighth grade classroom. But there are some techniques that translated into the Learning Center and that we'll continue to use. So one of the things that we did in eighth grade was when we were studying To Kill a Mockingbird, it's an, it's an intense story with a lot of dark themes that can be hard to process. And I'm a big fan of active learning, but not for active learning's sake. It has to have a point. So one of the things we did was I got Beth Wardlaw involved and we broke into groups. Beth Wardlaw is our technology integration coordinator. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so actually this project is multifaceted since it, it integrated technology and arts with literature, which I think English lends itself really well to um, arts integration. Um, so the kids, the students were broken into groups and I gave them each a random, I mean, it was random to them, but I chose powerful scenes from the book and had them each do a stop motion um, video representation of that um, scene. So they had to develop a storyboard they had to create the backdrop. They had to work with Miss Wardlaw in learning the technology. They had to choose music to um, highlight the tone and then put it all together with a rubric that told me they understood what the scene was trying to do. And overarching all of that, the way they integrated the music, the backdrop, and the technology it brought the book off of the page for them, I think, and made some of our conversations a little bit easier to approach. Yeah, 
Gotcha. Now, okay, so we've talked a lot about English literacy. Now, I'm, I'm a computer science teacher, and uh, I remember you had an event, not this past year, but the year before. Uh, uh, it was called Artie Gras, I believe. <laughs> Clever name, uh, by the way. And so a lot of people, a lot of teachers like myself jumped onto that to have uh, an art project. Like, so for my students, we're programming, but um, we brought in some sound tones, and we did loops, and it made music, and it some really interesting, sometimes really bad music, but still, <laughs> it, it, um, it, it illustrated the sort of abstractness of what's going on on the screen into something that they could hear, multi-sensory, maybe a bit. Uh, so there was that project. Um, so I wonder, like, how, how you... How you balance like have a project versus it's it's always sort of it's there in and out, it's integrated, right? You mm -hmm. know, so we can we have like a fall for the arts time of year, uh, but arts integration seems a little bit more than that. Is that right? It is true. I think um, it's more that skill base really down to the bottom line. You know, I think that and what's interesting is I think um, when I started this process and this certification that was the thing that everybody kept telling me that the coaches that I was working with it's not this big thing that you do every year and I was like oh okay so I had to rethink you know I think new feels that way to yes, teachers too right yes. so you have to you have to uh, help them through that process right and I think because of my job I'm always in the umbrella view I'm always in the details really are the hard part sometimes you know why is it that we're doing this why how can i make this make more sense to a teacher so that they can embrace this a little bit more it doesn't need to be overwhelming i th I, th I think that's really part of it too fall of the arts is huge it gets big Gras, you know they get big and it's overwhelming for a lot of teachers just the little bit of okay i can do this one thing and it's a piece of arts integration so if that answers your question, you know, I think there are just a lot of pieces to this and naming it as arts integration or arts enrichment or, you know, it, it can be a number of different things. And I think we do that all very well. But this certification has allowed me just to kind of see the intention, um, the purpose, the, um, the more ways really even to do it. So let's let's take a hypothetical. So okay. let's say we have a, a virtual, let's say, math teacher in the room with us right now, and you're talking to them about um, not a project, <laughs> right? Right. About about how to truly integrate it, say, into into multiple lessons. Like, how would that conversation go with them? Like, what what directions could you could you take them um, in in a conversation? It's not just about a lesson plan, although it may be, but it's really thinking about all right. You have your own skills. You're trying to teach in math. Um, here are some ways you can either use them as a teaching strategy or you can introduce some additional skills on top of them. I would love to start with an area maybe that the teacher is struggling with. Maybe there's a, a, a situation where I need, when I teach this concept or this skill, I'm struggling with connecting with a variety of, to make it real to the kids, really, the bottom line. Um, so I would love to start there because I think when you have conversation with an area where you're trying to improve, um, it allows you to brainstorm how you can reach a, a different, you know, a different level really with the with the kids. Yeah, and you and you made an interesting point. You said it was ultimately about the student, which is always yes. true here. You yes. know, we talk about curriculum. You know, which is very school driven. Uh, we talk about teaching strategies. It falls in that teaching excellence category. That's very teacher driven. They, they are steering the boat. 
But ultimately, it is use the word active learning's in. Um, ultimately, it does come up to the student, like how are they engaged? And math is probably a good example for some, you know, if they're struggling with that. Uh, teachers are always trying to find an opportunity to, to engage their students, or not just to engage them, but to, get, to find a new way to get them to understand it even. And yes. this could be that kind of pathway. Exactly, exactly. And if I can just jump in, I think it's really easy to talk about arts integration in a lower school. It just seems like the... Absolutely. It's just designed <laughs> it's just for that. It's, it's a natural, natural thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to think about it. I think, I think sometimes teachers may be, upper school teachers may be worried about, oh, I don't want to add something else to my plate. But the reality is, having, having seen it from a learning specialist's point of view, and working with students who have, you know, all of our teachers in all of our subject areas, they're already doing it. I mean, the teachers are already doing that, I think, especially actually in math, but I think in science as well, they just don't have that name over it. But the, um, I'm thinking of statistics projects, pre-cal projects, um, the boat race. I mean, that's absolutely arts integration we just don't call it that. So I think it may surprise teachers to realize they're doing that because they, they're just d teaching the way that they are activating their, their students' interest. Well, and to your point of it occurring at a lower school level naturally, I think mm -hmm. that's 100%. One thing we had talked about is even when you're teaching children the scale and how even the beats of music and how to count that, that's just a form of skip counting. So as long as they've got a base knowledge of skip counting, then they can probably translate that into their music classes. You know, but that's not something we necessarily think about when we're teaching, oh, if you start at five and count by twos, that's, we don't think about that piece necessarily when we're teaching it as a homeroom teacher, but yet that, that idea of skip counting translates into a music class mm -hmm. or the way that we do something um, in the sciences and it translates into um, their their art class, um, you know, with Miss Tome or Miss Cop. And so um, I think you're right. It does kind of naturally occur, but there are so many projects that I can think of as a parent that upper school students do where you go, oh, wow, that all connects. And that's kind of a really cool thing. A Darlington student is made up of many things, none of which is average. Darlington is helping me develop my interests, passions, and pursuits because they believe every individual has something to contribute. And only when you're 100% you are you 100% Darlington. Hi, I'm Angel Laramie, a three-year boarding student from Cumming, Georgia, who is editor-in-chief of the Jabberwock Student Yearbook and a National Merit Scholarship finalist. I am 36% bookworm, 34% problem solver, and 30% storyteller, which makes me 100% Darlington. Find out how you can be 100% Darlington too by requesting a personal campus tour at www.darlingtonschool.org visit or contacting admission at darlingtonschool.org. So, you know, when, when Darlington made the decision to go sort of a technology integration route, I mean, one of the rationales for that was that technology didn't just exist sort of in a vacuum, right? It didn't, it didn't, wasn't just a class that should be scheduled and you only do it during that class. 
in the quote real world you know technology had um, had creeped into everything that we do so we took a curricular approach to that as well that it should be a part of everything that we do and it's worked out really well um, it seems to me like that it continues to be similar here I mean there's an increasingly sophisticated world that we're trying to prepare our students for and you mentioned one of those four C's that educators like to talk a lot about, which is critical thinking. I think about communication uh, quite a bit. Uh, you talked about the boat race. There's a presentation uh, that, we, that we need to prepare our students to, to be ready for in life. Like, how do they, yes, communicate, but how do they present it? How do they do it? You know, let's just say it better than others, uh, the best way that they possibly can. You know, just to give them the, the you know the best advantage that we can. I mean, that's part of a lot of what we're doing here at Darlington. Um, so it seems to me like you have specialized courses for arts, like we do in technology. If you want to learn to do a lot of programming, you can come take my class. If you want to learn, um, you know, how to be a part of a, a choir, be an actor, you can take those classes in your department. Um, but then there's a sort of a, a baseline that might be translatable to lots of areas. Maybe it's some, my simple-minded here, the presentations that people make, the videos that people are making, how you balance music and all those kind of things. Is, is, does that sound like a, 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 another way of thinking about it? I think so. And I think, you know, we all of our brains work differently. You know, you're... I think each, even in this conversation, I'm looking at how each of us think differently. And we never know when a child is going to be inspired by the, the opportunity, opportunity that they had in your class, period. You know, when you reached out and allowed them to do music through com computer programming, through all of the things that they were doing with Artie Gras, that was an example of you thinking outside the box a little bit. You know, how can I tap into this? And I think that's, at, at the end of the day, we want students to have the experience, the individual experience that allows them to grow. And if we're open to these ideas, I think it only allows for us to be better at what we're trying to accomplish. So yes, I think hopefully maybe you have a better picture of what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I'm working on it. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, really what I was saying about the brain, it is, we never know when something's going to be a light bulb moment for a child. So back, back to my simple example. So I did that little project, a little bit in isolation, but we, we did it. It was on that day. Um, but uh, I will say that I had a student Probably programming did not come the most naturally <laughs> to the student. It was a lot of work. Uh, but then in a later project, we were making um, a, a chatbot. We we're studying about chatbot series and, you know, hey, hey Googles and all that, and making our own version of it. Um, and, and a fair bit of flexibility on the creative side and then some structure on the programming side. Uh, but out of the blue, you could ask the student's chatbot to play a song, and he had pulled back from that experience and used it. And I was just floored um, and, you know, super engaged in that project. I think maybe my brilliant teaching, but probably not. <laughs> it was probably, he just found something to be engaged with and it happened to be art. Well, and that's just it. Like that's the point with arts integration. If we're giving them opportunities to, to, to show that they've learned something in a different way rather than, let's say, just a standard assessment all the time. If we're saying, hey, 
write a song about this chapter or create an art piece or creatively in a creative writing respond to this poem or whatever if we give them those opportunities what we'll find is we have some terribly talented students and we have terribly talented faculty who are tapping into that um, in different ways thinking in particular about senior ventures and how those students who pull art into their project are working with our faculty who have interests in the art world who may not teach art but are artists in their own free time absolutely yeah yeah you can go back to episode one of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, and i think it's a good point you do have talented students and faculty think about that too but on the other hand you have you also have students and faculty who don't identify as artists um, and you may have them thinking like what well, I, I can't I can't do this <laughs> so what 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 do you describe the benefit as being for those groups of people like how do you how do you get them to understand you know what it, what the good is uh, in this for them or how they can even do it when they may feel like they can't well, I think you've got to find the common ground. I think, first of all, if it's, I go back to something that connects with, it, whether it's the subject area, whether it's, have you thought about this? You know, it's conversation. And I think it's organic in some ways. I One of the things I've walked away from this experience is realizing it can't be something forced. It's got to be something that is easy, something that really kind of starts with a very simple idea. And um, that's kind of where, how I want to approach it with our teachers to be a resource if you'd like to learn more. I know the last professional development that we had back in the um, spring virtually when we were doing all that, um, we had some great conversations and I was in the midst of still processing myself. But I think coming up with that simple idea of, you know, I have this concept, I would like to teach it this way, I'm not comfortable with it. How can you help me? And I think that's the piece that um, I really just want to be more available for that in those. When you talk about resources, you talk about professional development, and I assume you're not being ambitious enough to think you're going to train every faculty member in every aspect of dynamic of the arts. That's not the purpose though, right? So to go back to the original idea, you, you were listing out skills and those kind of things. It's really about that. It's not necessarily the skill of playing an instrument or, um, or drawing or painting or, um, you know, whatever visual uh, audio, audio, whatever. Um, so what, what, what does that look like? What are you, what do you, what are you training those? What kind of resources, I say training, what kind of resources are you giving those, those teachers and what kind of professional development can you expose them to, to, to help them? I think it's more of an instructional strategy. I think really at the the end of the day, it's, you know, we look at, um, project-based learning. This is an, an avenue of that in, in some ways. I think we look at um, group instruction, we look at all the different ways that we try to get the skill accomplished. And I think at the end of the day, if, if arts integration is a part of that, if you're looking at a creative piece of that, if you're looking at critical thinking, if you're looking at a way to broaden the experience for a student, you might consider using arts integration. And, um, and I can definitely um, help that happen you know, I, I think I'm still processing a lot of this as well, but I think really when it comes down to the concept, the skill that you want to accomplish, and you're open to trying another way to reach your students, then I think we can get that done with a, a piece of arts integration. 
Sure. Um, and then on the Learning Center side, you all are oftentimes assisting faculty, um, whether specifically about a, students in their class um, or just teaching in general. Um, and do you, do you guys see this as a possible avenue for you to help as well? It's funny. Um, that's actually the first thing I thought of. And um, the examples I can think of are not actually working with faculty, but working with students in, in the learning center, whether they're trying to remember um, the five um, principles that Mr. McDermott uses in American history or the seven concepts in physics. We're coming up with mnemonics and we're using, they're writing their own goofy little songs that they'll like they'll stand up in the learning center and sing us their song so they can remember the acronym. Um, but also um, drawing on the whiteboard, there's a lot of art happening up there on the whiteboard and even on our windows. <laughs> we have one student who loves to draw her art on the windows, but it helps them to... That visualization. Yes, visualization yes. and they just have free reign up there to process the information however however they want to, and we see it in music and in, in I don't know what you'd call that, but drawing, fine arts. Well, and I think too, making that transition from the second grade classroom to the learning center, I shared with Kim a story of um, a recent second grader who just was extremely creative and was daily creating things out of pine straw and pieces of bark but it was always a little person and so then he came to me and was like hey check out this little guy and it became a daily a different character but just taking that and then we turn that into a story and how we can help use that creative piece that he has brought to the table um, to then transition that into like oh how can we make these, his little characters come alive in something that he's having to do um, in a third grade class or a fourth grade class or a home class, that kind of thing. But you knowing that now about that child, how can we use that to our advantage to help him complete an assessment or to learn and understand something? I think it's great how, you know, we, we have a lot of support of the arts here. Um, and I have seen how many times uh, particular students thrive because of their artistic connections. So I think the arts are really important. Um, and it's probably important to note as a sidebar here, you know, arts are an easy target sometimes when it comes to budgeting and such, and Darnton continues to stay focused on the arts. Uh, but it also, when you have this kind of conversation, they realize that it's also about strengthening that uh, as well. Uh, so I love that. I love the, I love the conversation as it um, illustrates that. Um, I love this concept that uh, some of its recognition of what is already happening um, that the, these things are happening naturally. I think we're probably all in some ways natural artists just as humans. Um, so I think it's just recognizing that uh, and maybe seeing how we can, uh, what else we can do with it. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Um, so uh, I like that and I love the, uh, the, the idea that it helps us um, really think about the individual student um, in, in this process. Um, and you know, gives teachers another uh, strategy to be deliberate. And you know, when you're looking in that classroom, you know, full of you know, 14, 15 students, uh, it's it's a different mix every time. Um, you're always trying to figure out, you know, how to reach each one of those students. And this is this is another tool in the tool bag. 
Yes, definitely. You had asked, I know you're probably trying to be done, but you had asked about, are you trying to be done? Okay. <laughs> I will stop talking. Um, you had asked about how to get teachers or students who don't feel very artistic interested, and you answered about having that conversation with the teacher, but I think too, with the student, I'm thinking about that poetry piece I had them write last year, or when they, when they were in eighth grade, they, I had them start a po write a poem with, that starts with I am, I am from, and just, where are you from? Tell me about where you're from. And it's based on a um, segment from NPR. But, and I told them, nobody's gonna see it except for me. This is 100% safe. You're not gonna share it unless you want to. It was, a, it was just a fun thing we were doing to talk about To Kill a Mockingbird again in the moral universe. And the pieces that I got were astounding. And most of the most astounding ones came from students who were really reluctant to do that project. They didn't want to reflect. They didn't want to think about themselves as poets. They didn't want to, you know, believe that they could use imagery. And um, that built their confidence so much so that many of them published them in the Inkslinger, which I thought was really cool. Like um, the one kid I was most proud of is an athlete jock, you know, not an artist, I'm never going to be an artist. And he wrote this beautiful piece and published it. And I think because he had that safe place to play, he his confidence grew. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad you said confidence because that's what I was thinking the whole yeah, time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> confident <laughs> contributor. Yes, and, that's um, exactly right. In, in our survey work, uh, in general, we get that a lot, that the arts is a huge contributor to mm -hmm. the confidence of students. And two, yeah. if you think about our kids who are going to college, they need the language of the arts to engage critically in college. If they're exposed to the, that lexicon now, it will be easier for them to understand what's happening their first year of college, just because the language is more academic and more high level. Kim, any final thoughts? Anything you want to make sure that, uh, that, that our audience knows before we, we stop? No, I think one of the things that Jennifer was just saying about um, how we want kids to transfer. We want to give them every opportunity and experience while they're here to connect with any and everything that they have here on campus, but it is all about what they do beyond that. And I think um, I had to work through philosophy, skills, all those things as I was going through this certification. And I really, the, the biggest takeaway is that I'm very, very thankful for what we have, the teachers who are thinking about what is best for students here at Darlington. And I think we have such, um, such value in how we're trying to make students the very best that they can be. Um, it goes to that confident contributor, talented tiger, whatever you wanna name it. And I think the arts play a big, big role and I'm thankful to be a part of that. That's a great final thought. Our, our faculty are amazing and uh, they're, they're always having conversations like we just had always thinking about uh, what's, what's another way we can just do things better around here for the students. Exactly. Okay, one final question we ask of all our podcast guests. I'm going to go to you first, Kim, and give Jen and Molly a minute to think about it, their answers. And that is uh, to say you're a Darlington Tiger without actually saying, I'm a Darlington Tiger. I get to do so many things here at this school things I'm passionate about, things I get to teach, I get to walk in classrooms. I don't know, I, I can't really say anything except I love my job and the experiences that I have each and every day. Never is one day 
the same. And I think that's what makes this place so special. That's pretty good. It takes a lot longer to say that than just to say I'm a Durrington Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. But it Thanks. means a lot more. <laughs> Sorry. What about you, Jen? A day in the life here can mean breakfast with sweaty football players, lunch with creative colleagues, after school workouts with competitive students, running to play rehearsal to make sure the costumes fit, and having dinner with students from all over the world. Busy day. It is a busy day. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, what about you? Um, It can mean being a chauffeur for my children, but also being allowed to think outside the box when it comes to to your teaching strategies. And then, but not just that, but implementing those and the um, ability to just explore and continue to grow as both a teacher and as a person. That's great. Yeah, thank you so much. Can I have a do-over? Excuse me. You can just keep talking. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining uh, me today on this podcast. Uh, Kim, Jen, and Molly, uh, appreciate the conversation. And uh, thank you all uh, who are listening for tuning in to uh, this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Uh, Tune in each week uh, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and maybe give a five-star review. Uh, That helps. Check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. And if you have questions about today's programs or even better, a great idea for a future episode you'd like to hear, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the Communication, Advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.